Gambling on football, you say. Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play where you know when you win, you're going to get paid. Because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. Mybookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Six against him. That's down the right field line into the corner. This ball is gone for a home run. Nationals on top. Howie Kendrick has made it 3 2. 3 2. Here it is. The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Oh, here we go. Thursday, October 31st, 2019, and you are looking live right now at two outs from a world championship for the amazing Never Say Die Zombie Nationals. 6-2, bottom nine, one out, and I cannot believe this is about to happen. Oh my God, what a ride. What a ride this has been. (laughs) Unbelievable. And for years now, they are going to talk about the decision by A.J. Hinch, so-called the smartest manager in baseball, to take out Zach Greinke because of what? One mistake to one of the most deadly hitters in the world and a sort of a, a glancing blow. And that was it. Altuve at the plate right now. He's down 0-2. The fight has been taken out of these Astros, and the Nationals are going to win the World Series. This is amazing. So much to talk about. I can't possibly get to it all tonight. It's late. I got to go to bed. Altuve sticks out on three pitches. One out away, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Absolutely amazing. I was tweeting during the show, during the game tonight, and I was texting people, and I was walking away, and I was upstairs, and I was downstairs, and I was changing positions. 
It has been a nerve-wracking, unbelievable ride. It's something I wish for every sports fan and everyone who is a fan of baseball and who has a team. I, I wish it for my friends in Milwaukee and for the Brewer fans. I mean, it's just so incredible. And man, is nothing like it. The, the tension, the nausea. Oh, my God. I don't want to get into all the clinical stuff here, but Scherzer, how does Scherzer pitch like that after having taken a shot two days ago? I guess cor- uh, cortisone is a hell of a drug, and uh, you'd want to have it. Uh, there is the uh, 2-0, uh, 1-0 pitch, now 1-1 to Brantley uh, from Hudson. Uh, any accounts or descriptions of this game without express written consent of Major League Baseball can go fuck themselves. What are you going to do? Come after me, baseball. I'm broadcasting live, sort of, on my podcast for the final couple outs of the World Series. 1-1 Brantley inside, ball two. Uh, This guy, Wolf, um, supposedly the best ball and strike guy in Major League Baseball, missed quite a few tonight. And I'm almost rethinking robo-umps to a certain degree. We'll eventually get robo-umps, and then guess what we're going to do? We're going to start bitching about the robo-umps and saying, there's a glitch. It's optically not picking up the outside plate. There's a hit. Oh, it's a line drive. Foul! Just foul. Unlike the Howie Kendrick home run that clang went off the foul pole in right. Wow. I got to give the Houston fans credit. Most of them are still there, I guess. What a gut wrench. What a gut shot this is going to be for the city of Houston and for Astro fans. What a team. I mean, this team is full of killers. These guys are unbelievable. And they left a million runners on base tonight. I think it was less than that. Yeah, whatever. I think it was 10, 11. Their risk numbers, uh, batting with runners in scoring position, was terrible uh, throughout pretty much the World Series. Well, actually, it was terrible at home in the World Series. It was much better at Nats Park. And this is going to go down as an all-timer. We are on parade watch. Here's a foul ball on 3-2. He's still alive. Brantley, one out to go here uh, as we are live, pseudo-live broadcasting. Uh, There they show the learners in the box and their family. Everybody is there. Unbelievable scene. Amazing. And this team was down on multiple occasions. They have gone through some of the who's who of great pitchers and great relievers en route to this amazing World Series victory. And he struck him out! That's it! Good night! (laughs) Woo! I gotta call my parents right now. Mom and Dad, what are you doing? Let's see, do I remember their phone number? I should call the home phone, right? There we go. All right, on the mean streets of McLean, Virginia. Let's see what they're doing right now. Mom and Dad, huh? Oh, oh my God! That's great. 
in your life. Mom. Unbelievable. Mom, you grew you grew up going to Brooklyn Dodger games as a little girl with our uh, with my grandfather Nick, your dad in Brooklyn. By the way, we're live on the podcast just so in case you you're like, "Why are why are you talking to me like you're announcing right now?" Uh my mom My mom grew up I could cry for them. They're such, what a big-hearted team and hard workers. God, I love them. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. So uh, so Grandpa Nick would take you to uh, the polo grounds to see the Brooklyn Dodgers back in the day, no, right? No, no, no. the Giants. No, I'm sorry. Yankee Stadium. No. God, we hate the Yankees. We went to Ebbets Field. Ebbets Field, my bad. Of course, the Yankees. I'm delirious right now. Of course, the Dodgers wouldn't play at Yankee Stadium. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. Ebbets Field, though. Ebbets Field, though. So, yes. And uh, And no, Rita and I, my sister Rita and I, used to take the trolley down to Ebbets Field on Ladies' Day for 25 cents and watch the game. Get out of here. (laughs) Really? Yeah, we really did. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, what a day! What when's the parade? Yeah, exactly. I don't know when the parade is, but we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure I'm not it out. Going, but I'll watch it. <laughs> All right, my Dad. sister's calling me. Whoa, 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 you can't hang up on the Zabe cast. Hold on a second. Put Dad on the phone right now. Put Dad on the phone. Dad's across the room. I got to talk to him right now. We are the champions. <laughs> <laughs> Pops, Pops, it was great to see. And uh, I love it that, you know, growing up, even though you played catch with me in the backyard and you coached yeah. my little league teams and all that stuff, you'd yeah. more often look for the tire ads in the sports section of the post. That is true. Than that the is box true. I, mean, I always used to ask you, when you were done with the sports pages, are there any good tire ads in <laughs> And he deals on radials, son. You got that. And uh, yeah. But since then, you know, and, and since then you've become a big Nats fan. You're always watching the games and stuff. And you have been a Rendon guy forever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's a champ. He um, is absolutely the greatest. I mean, that guy, so, that guy is ice. Like, he never I gets know. nervous. It's unreal. I I, it's terrific. It's it's like the pro. It's 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 the definition of a pro executive, you know. Right. He knows what he's doing and he does it, you know, one after the other. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's great redemption for you guys because you were there in attendance uh, last. Was it last year or two years ago in the playoffs when the Nats got eliminated uh, in Game Five? Yeah, they got eliminated two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But, All so right. It, you know? Well. There we go. 34 years without baseball in our town. And then they finally get a team. And now 15 years after that, unbelievable run from 19 and 31 to the world championship. But the makeup of this town is all different now. It's it's made up of people who can appreciate the intricacies of baseball, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, for 15 years we've been a baseball town. And that's, you know, no time at all compared to other right. cities, but they've grown an appreciation for it. So there you go. Absolutely. All right, All right Pops. All right. All right, I'll let you Great. guys go. I'll All let right. you guys go. See you, Mom and Dad. All right. All right. Love Thank you guys. You. All right. Bye. There you go. Bye. There they okay. are. There they are. There, <laughs> there's, there's Mon Pa Zabin right there celebrating 
on the mean streets of McLean. All right. There is mayhem going on. I got so much to soak up. I've got to sleep faster than I have ever slept before. And uh, tomorrow is going to be a wild day. Halloween tomorrow and a world championship for the Washington Nationals. Amazing stuff. It was great to share it with you guys live. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Our next guest has seen a lot of things in Washington, D.C. as a chronicler of all things sports-related. Hello. He has never seen a Game 7 in the World Series. Andy, you were not alive in 1924, were you? No, I missed it by a few years. What a cheap shot that is by me. Andy Pauly, everybody! Do you like like the fact you can hear your music now? Live on the Uh, phone? Can you hear that? Yeah, I, I can. Good. Right, good. That little tweak got the right cable for this device here. So here we are. This interview recorded too early for the late edition of uh, today's paper. <laughs> the Bulldog. <laughs> right, exactly. We don't know what Game 7 is going to bring tonight, but uh, there will be a header on this podcast. You already listened to it, as a matter of fact, that explained what happened, kind of like last night. So uh, how do you feel here in advance of this Game 7? Oh, God. Um, You know, I've seen so many D.C. teams over the years, never in this position, certainly not a baseball team. But I love Max Scherzer, and I think Scherzer is one of the toughest athletes we've ever had. And even if his arm falls off, somehow he's going to find a way tonight. So, yeah, I think I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, I know this. It They go to the top of the mountain as underdogs the entire way yeah they were minus or plus 120 i think tonight so they were slight underdogs they were not favored in any of the world series games and in a way that kind of makes it feel like tonight's a free roll oh yeah sean doolittle said this is so 2019 that they were going to go to a game seven it was destiny everything they've gone through (laughs) this year and and i've 
I, you know, I have, and you know me, you know how I like to go to bed early. This month, I think, has cost me about a year of sleep <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have stayed in the fight, and, and the fight has been tough. But, you know, two things and the, about this And the team. fight has been between you and going under on your Barca lounger in the living room with drool no. coming out of your mouth. Well, I've, as you know, I moved to my townhouse uh, last oh, year. And, so you watch and I, in bed. Oh, yeah. And I, I purchased a 65-incher that I have right in nice. my bedroom here. Yeah. So uh, so I dozed for a while sometimes. And if I miss anything, I catch up on my phone. But uh, I've seen the And the other thing, you know, about this team, two things. If they're behind, they've been coming back all year. So you can't go to bed on them for that. And even if they have a big win, the bullpen is so scary. I know. A big lead, I should say. The bullpen is so scary. They, you know, you, you get the sight of Fernando Rodney. You go, oh, boy, <laughs> I can't sleep yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I should probably uh, I should probably play the recap to tonight after our interview just because uh, or maybe people will like me saying this. If the bullpen tonight spits the hook on a Max Scherzer classic, it <laughs> will be an absolute abomination. It'll be a gut punch that the known liability of this team couldn't get it done at the verge of the mountaintop. Please, God, don't let that happen. Either well, let them blow us out or have something else happen for us to lose. Don't let the bullpen blow it. Well, the main conspirators from the bullpen disaster of this year are, are not going to be involved in tonight's game. I mean, Oh, you think Fernando think... Rodney's got to, not going to pitch tonight? I would hope no, so. No, no, I think I think hopefully they've sent him back to Washington on a bus where he can meet everybody for the parade. Well, because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tough thing is Doolittle, as our closer, is beloved. He has the nickname. He's got the beard. He's a big kid. And yet he is vulnerable. Big yeah. time. Like, yeah. I'd be crushed for him personally if he were to blow a World Series lead. And I think about this from a human standpoint because, you know, they are human still. We're not rooting on robot baseball yet. <laughs> Imagine Andy living with the thought of I blew the World Series in Game 7. How tough that can be for athletes. Oh, well, you know, some, some of these guys, there have been horrible stories. You know, the, the Who is the Donnie Moore? Donnie, Donnie Moore, Moore killed yeah, himself yeah. in part because of giving up home runs to Jack Clark, I believe. Yeah, it was not the World Series. I think it was the National League Championship Series. Mm. But, yeah, he, he, he found it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if he – but that's, you know, that's part of the job that, that you live with that. I don't even know if, if Doolittle would be the closer tonight. They may go to Hudson because Doolittle clo- – well, he didn't close last night because he had too big of a lead. But yeah. um, I, I would think if it's, if it's the ninth inning – I think they would go with Hudson. That's what that's what Davey's been doing most of the last month. Yeah. Well, Godspeed to us. What do you think this year will do? This run will do for baseball fans generate generationally in DC. Well, you know, the generation that has had baseball, this is year fifteen. So there's a generation that doesn't know we didn't have baseball. For generations like like me, I mean, we went 34 years yep. without baseball in this town. And, you know, that was all part of being a D.C. sports fan. And how many years of that did we live at doing radio shows where we'd hear these Peter Angelo sound bites? B.C. is not a baseball town. That's a fiction. Oh, yeah. Bop, bop, bop. You know, and, and so to have that and not only that, but but even when we had baseball, it was bad. 
it was bad for most of the time <laughs> it was here. Right. And, and, and my father, who's 91 years old, most of his life, there was, there was no chance. Like he's talked about a year or two. We were in the first division meaning I guess they were over 500. They didn't have divisions then either. Right. They were, you know, and, and, and so, you know, and the, and the one year when I was a fan of the expansion senators, they finished 10 games over 500. That was a big deal. So this team has not only been here for 15 years, but for the last, what, seven, half their existence, they've been a pretty good team. They, right. They've been in, in and out of the playoffs. First in war, last in the American League was the slogan, right? The saying for the first national, for the peace, senators. First First in peace. First in peace. First in war. First in peace. Last yeah. in the American League. The Correct. Washington Senators. Correct. That's it. Yeah. yeah. By the way, did you go to the old Griffith Stadium? I did not. Uh, ah. Griffith Stadium was uh, no longer in use as of the 1962 season. They opened. It was DC Stadium, 1961. So you were like four years old then. Yeah, I mean, we were living in New York. I didn't even move here until okay. I was close to five. But yeah. but the the our, DC Stadium, the first tenant was the Redskins in the fall of '61, and then the spring of '62, uh, they played the Senators there. In fact, uh, there was an All Star game here in '62. Yeah, from a from a sports radio standpoint, having done it in this town for so long, do you think after this, we could wrap around to next uh, April? And let's say, God forbid, Rendon or Strasburg are gone. Max mm-hmm. maybe is, I don't know, re- would he retire after this year? He's still under contract. But let's yeah. just say the team looks far less than what it was. Could you envision this being a sports radio town like New York where you can field in April a Tuesday caller who is deeply passionate about setup men coming out of the bullpen for the Nationals? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the, even our business is, is changing a lot. You know, sometimes it's the host that cultivates that. I would imagine Al Galdi could get calls on that. Right. I don't think I could if, if I if I was no. doing it. You know, I'm not sure a, it'd be good radio either. But see, that's the soundtrack of WFAN in New York yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a baseball town. I I, I realized that when I got there, but also. You got to look at the tradition that they built over the years. Going in the 1950s, you usually had two New York teams playing for for the championship. Sure, and and then you've always had at least two teams there. I guess for, except for a brief period in the late 50s and early 60s. So it's just that. And and the other part of of a, a really good sports radio town is the blue collar people. And sure. DC is a white collar town. And people just don't have the uh, the fervor that you have, and and the investment of time to you know to study. I mean, you can talk about Yankee minor league stuff because people know that it's it's crazy, right? Well, and it, it does take time. We're we're back for fifteen years only, mm-hmm. and but th- these kind of runs are the runs that cement fandom forever. If you're a young person, whether you're twenty two or twelve years old that will carry on for the rest of your life. And you'll hopefully then teach that to your kids along the way that baseball still is a wonderful sport. Yes, it's slow and it's stodgy compared to the rest of the stick and rest of the ball sports these days, football and basketball. But by golly, you're going to love it once you fall in love with it. I think it's the one sport that everybody's played, no matter what level, whether it's a company picnic 
or you played in the major leagues. Yeah, because it's and it's the first thing I think you do with your dad is you play catch. The first game I ever went to with my dad was a baseball game. Right. Uh, the first game I ever took my son to was a baseball game. It just it just lends itself to that. And, you know, you can go and you don't really have to watch. You can sit and you can talk for a while. You can walk around. You can eat. It, it's just it's just a great, great thing. The, the only problem I have with this game, and I think they need to find a way to fix it because we're headed – We'll see what the ratings are for tonight. We're headed for a record low, record low because because the investment of time. If if the Nationals weren't in it, I wouldn't be going to bed at midnight every night. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't put the time in. By the way, listeners, Andy once used to brag when we did our show on 980 <laughs> 10, 15 years ago before he had a TV in his bedroom, which is a luxury every American should have of means. Andy would brag about how he would enjoy – listening to the radio call of Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler from under his sheets as a grown-ass man with kids in college. (laughs) Yeah, well. And it was, I I loved it, but at the same time, I had to rip on it. It was so stupid. Well, part of it was the setup in my house my bedroom was in my old house the tv was like it was around the corner corner. (laughs) yeah so so i could never address that you never fixed it you're like "Eh, i'll listen to the radio call yeah and it was it was i mean i'd watch some tv sometimes up there around the corner but if i wanted to be in the bed right i would have to listen to the radio i couldn't watch it on tv luckily luckily we're blessed with great radio announcers and i think very good tv announcers i don't know how i feel about fp i'm a a carpenter fan though on tv and and the radio guys are good and you know jags is a former colleague of mine and charlie's been around forever so we got that going for us which is nice we do do. and i i I like the you know i like joe buck i don't know a lot of people i do him joe buck i think he's good joe buck is sublime i think he's outstanding I really yeah. do. I, I was a little disappointed he and Smoltz didn't explain the uh, interference call better as it yeah. happened because I don't watch enough baseball to know, well, look, here's the rule, but here's how they typically call it. They could have explained that better. I'm a guy who's like, well, he's not in the runner's lane, so why wouldn't that be interference? And then right. you kind of got the answer, which was, yeah, it really wasn't meant for a play like that. Okay. Yeah, and then, the, and then did, you, did you hear the Joe Torre explanation of it? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Torre, after he got fired from the Braves and before he got hired by the Yankees, which was like six or seven years, he was the Angels TV announcer. He's a professional broadcaster. He sounded like he was drowning. He he, <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't. Well, you know, you right. get inside; it's reviewable. He may uh, made to the left, go to the right. Uh, you know, it's a judgment call. Come on, explain it. You got to be ready for that. The other thing was. When they were watching or, or listening on the headsets, the, the Buck and Smoltz are saying, well, it's not a reviewable call. So we're saying, why are they reviewing it? Well, it turned out they weren't reviewing it. They were listening to the lengthy explanation in the rule book of the rule. And that's why it took – now, it seemed like it took 10 minutes. I, I read four and a half, but it seemed it to go on forever. It felt like forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. Why don't the umpires have a rule book in their back pocket? Yeah. Yeah, just look it up. Is sure. it is the rule book too thick to fit in a back pocket? I have shouldn't, no idea. Shouldn't they know the rule anyway? Don't they test these guys anyway? Which leads to my question to you about robo-umps, going back to earlier in the series on missed balls and strikes. Where do you stand on implementing robo-umps behind the plate? It's time. It's, it's time to do it. The technology is there. Look at tennis now. Tennis in the 80s was defined by John McEnroe yelling at the chair umpire. That's, <laughs> right. that's, that's completely disappeared. 
Yeah. And and they can do that in baseball too. And people say, well, you know, it'll it'll change the complexion of the game and the history. So what? People get over it in a year or so. We get the call right and then move on. I I I would not be surprised within the next ten years if we have it. Yeah. I need to compile a list. This is where you listeners can come in. Things that are now automated that at first there was great resistance and people actually said, no, I like it when a human does this. What, what would fall in that category of now you look like an idiot if you want something done by hand that is done way better by machine and or computer? I remember going to the grocery store with my mom and watching the cashier ring up the grocery purchases with one finger. <laughs> I was amazed by that. And now you have the scanner. Now I'm sure when the scanner first started, people said, well, how does it know? And what if there's a little smudge on the screen as yeah. your, uh, you know, your bagels go through or whatever it is. And, and uh, over time, look, remember George Bush, the, not George, the, the George H.W. George, Bush, 41. 41 yeah. Yeah, when he went to the grocery store and he'd never seen anything like it before. Yeah, you remember that? You know, and, yeah, and, right. And, and now <laughs> they're it's like, "You're out of life. touch, man. You got to get yeah. out more." <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Real quick, did you go to any of the games over the weekend? I did not. Uh, How do you I, feel I, about that? Well, I mean, given that they were blowouts, I'm I'm, I'm kind of disappointed about that. But I, you know, I've been no, to no. a lot of big sporting. No, but how do you feel about not having punched the ticket oh, not to having a bender? Gone? Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to have gone. Okay. But I, I also don't want to – I would not have been happy spending $1,000 and seeing blowout losses. <laughs> oh, I, I agree with you on that. How do you feel in general about, for big games, being at the stadium versus being home? Well, I, I mean, I've told you that one of the great thrills was, you know, buying scalpers tickets to see the Riggins run in the right. Super Bowl, which I think is is one of the great individual performances, which came close what Max, what uh, Steven Strasburg did last night. Um, that's great. I've been to a lot of things for media. Um, but that you know, said, like last night, the fans in Houston had no idea what was going on. Yeah. During that whole thing. And it's part of that information gap that exists for people who are at the ballpark. To yeah, me, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a hard reach for me in any game that's a big game. You give me a July date on a Saturday afternoon against Cleveland, fine. I'll go to the game, drink beers, relax, have fun. Big games that really matter, I want the full immersion, Andy, of television. Okay. But the communal experience, let's say you're at tonight's game and you're a Nats fan and right. there's probably several thousand in the stands. The communal experience is definitely worth something. Here's the compromise, the half and half. Watching tonight's game at a bar. Oh, I never do that. You know this because this happened at the Super Bowl. Remember this? Uh-huh. We got snowed in. Yes. In my- in Miami, you couldn't get back to DC. Yes, and you and you and everybody else went to a sports bar, and I said, "No, no, I don't do that. I don't watch big games like that in a sports bar where I can't." But hear But that's what's a big that's a big game involving neutral teams you don't care about. The compromise is I'm going to watch TV because a it's it's free to go to a bar. B I'm yeah. with my fellow tribe members. And I get to see all the TV replays in the strike zone box. And yes, there probably is speakers that you could hear what they're saying. No, yeah, no, no I, you're not like, about that. Okay, I like to I like to hear the whole thing. I like to see the replays. It's hard to concentrate. I, I'm not a big drinker. Okay. I don't like loud places. No, I smoke. I, uh, yeah, smelly people. I, uh, 
well, they don't smoke in bars anymore. No, I know. But I, I get invited to Super Bowl parties. I don't go. I, I just it's not. Well, that's for me. A di- well, Super Bowl parties is different. I'm just talking about the compromise yeah. between being there and paying a thousand dollars for a ticket versus uh, a bar where you pay nothing and you see it on TV and you're mm-hmm. high five and fans. Okay, uh, yeah. let me let me switch real quick to the Redskins. Um, this is a new one to me. Trent Williams fails a physical because his helmet felt uncomfortable. Yeah, if you couldn't see this coming, this was, I mean, you, you, the only I had no idea that was an acceptable reason to fail somebody for a physical. Well, somebody I, joked I, to me on, on the text line, yeah, he told the team, I want a new logo on the side. I'm uncomfortable with this helmet. <laughs> yeah, don't you think a Patriots helmet would have fit fine? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So have you ever was, heard of this, by the way? No, I have not, but I knew that, well, first of all, he, he's played the game as he was supposed to play it. He came in 45 minutes before the trade deadline. Therefore, they can't put him on the exempt list and, you know, keep him from collecting his contract. And you knew there was going to be some type of injury that was going to keep him out. And and this is this is perfect because what could they say? They could say, your head doesn't hurt. How do they know? So Couldn't he uh, just say this repeatedly? Until they are forced to put him on injured reserve at full pay? Yeah, I think that's what he wants. I'm, wow. I, I don't think he wants to, to play. And I think in their best interest at this point, if they want to trade him, they should put him on IR because they don't want him hurt when they try to deal him in the offseason. See, now I think they're going to try to make him suit up and play. You know why? This is how Bruce wins. This is a banner that Bruce can hang in the metaphorical ceiling of his giant office with the putt-putt course and the Coors Light fridge. He wants this so badly to stick it to Trent, because remember the we-know-the-truth comment, and remember the he'll-play-for-us comments. Mm -hmm. I think he is fully committed to humiliating and submitting Trent Williams by forcing him to play at all costs. That's my theory. Does Trent have too much professional pride to say, okay, I'll suit up, gets out there and goes, oops, sorry, look out, Case, here he comes. You know, that would be something else. I don't think, there's no way Trent or any player would do that because you are still a band of brothers and you are willingly tanking to let another guy crush a teammate. That would be very bad form. Probably so, but I'm just saying, you know, for every every move, there's a counter move. Well, there is. And we're, or, we're or. seeing this now, and it's sort of like the Albert Hainsworth conditioning test. Right. Where it's going to be a dance of stupid now for the next couple of days that I don't know which way it's going, but not going to lead to winning football. I know that. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's just it's disgraceful. And, and there was a report that Cleveland was, was really upset because they were offering a first-round pick, and then when they came back around the deadline, they said, forget it, go away. You know, right. they, they, they have they have botched this thing so badly. They're going to get a coach. You know, it always comes out. Oh, who's going to coach for them? Somebody will take that job. But they, they're in a, they're in quicksand for a long, long time. It's really, really bad. What's your Haskins theory on why he's not playing? Oh, oh, this is this is Heath, too. This this is this is Heath Schuler. It's 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 there's too much smoke on this. Uh, Heath Schuler, as you remember, number three pick of the draft, 1994, and just didn't know the place. And and Brian Mitchell tells a story of being in the huddle where he's standing next to Heath Schuler and he can hear the play call come in through Schuler's helmet. And Schuler calls a different play because he didn't know the play. 
No, no. If if he knew what was going on, oh, he'd be playing now. My God. Yeah, yeah. And that goes to the comments from D'Angelo Hall saying that Peterson got in his face and said, get your nose in the playbook, son. Right, right. Look, look at, and and it was a typical Redskin draft pick. He's, he's, he's already got a brand with his dad, Haskins and Haskins. The whole Haskins, that whole stuff nauseates me, but you have to, you have to tread lightly on that because, you know, people call you racist if you bring up one thing that you think is bullshit. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it was, it was, uh, uh, the whole, the whole way it was rolled out was distasteful, I thought. And it was once again, celebrating something before you ever accomplished anything, a, a season that's one in seven, there's no reason not to be playing your number 15 overall draft pick and find out what you got. And As, if, you, yeah. if, especially, if you don't like it, move on. Especially when, um, you've got a sixth rounder in Gardner Minshew. Who's running around playing and winning yeah. games? But like that's Gardner embarrassing. Minshew, Gardner Minshew was was in college for five years. He played three different teams, right? Learned different offenses and was was prepared. And he, as a, a guy as played a, one year, and as a sixth rounder, he didn't come into the league with a pay seventy five bucks to come to a bowling alley as part of the Haskins and Haskins Corporation to extend my brand with all my family members running it. And yeah. Minshew didn't shrug when he wasn't drafted in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth rounds, dismissively. And he didn't say the league done messed up when yeah. he didn't get drafted where he wanted. Yet all those things happened with uh, Dwayne Haskins, which is troubling to me. But I always pump my brakes because while he may look like an entitled douchebag from afar, we had another quarterback, Andy, who looked presidential and like he had the most maturity I've ever seen. His name was... Robert Griffin the third. Yes, but what happened was the Shanahan's devised an offense for him that was very similar to what he had run in college, right. hoping he would come around. And then right. again, another dad influence, old dad. It's said, another oh, warning sign. Not, yeah, yeah, this is not good. They're going to get you hurt. They're trying to they're trying to get you hurt because they want to play Kirk. So we're we're not going to do this, and we're going to go in and tell them what to do. And and if you you remember, all, a lot of the Griffin posts on Instagram and on Facebook were about him working out. Nobody, no, there was never a shot of him in the film room. (laughs) Right. And that was certainly disturbing. So while Griffin had me fooled from a, who is he demeanor type thing? Cause he put on such a great front. He seemed to win at the podium in every interview. Right. I'm not going to fully fall for God. This Haskins guy looks like an entitled douchebag because it also may be inaccurate. But all the signs right now are not good. My theory is, and I guess I bought into this from somebody else, is that, yes, the team does now know he can't play right now and may never be able to play, but they want to keep his powder dry if possible in case they've got to pull in Arizona and trade Josh Rosen uh, like they did after one year and go back into the water for a new QB. Well, why would anybody trade for a guy who hasn't played? I guess they would, but well, you, it's it's you get more value for a guy that hadn't played who hasn't shown his ass for being yeah. really bad. But that also doesn't like I don't, why is Colt the third stringer? That's that's another bizarre thing. And is it just he's there just in case of injury? They're they're paying him anyway. I don't but, know. It's insane. Yeah, I, I think I think Colt represents Jay, and they're done with Jay. 
So, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they keep them on the roster because I guess well, they feel we have to have somebody finish a game given yeah. that we our quarterbacking is so tenuous right now. Right. It's it's just, you know, Keenum just gets hurt. It was the foot or the concussion. And then, you know, this guy may be just so bad. He's thrown 22 NFL passes. Four of them have been intercepted. It's not good. It's not good. All right. I'll end with this today, Andy. This is equal time. Your chance for rebuttal. Yesterday's guest, Jay Cottrell, insisted you uttered one of the most ridiculous statements ever on air with me on our show once upon a time. And that statement was that Paul McCartney and Wings was better than the Beatles. No, I think I was misquoted on that. I I I I, I believe the only time I, I remember talking about Paul McCartney and Wings is when a former co-worker told me, and this was back a long time ago, like in the early 80s, that his son had asked him, was Paul McCartney in, in another group before Wings? Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I don't, uh, you know, I've looked. So you, you never said and you don't believe that Paul McCartney and Wings, greater sign, the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I there, there, there are some things I know a lot about. There's some things I know a little about, and there are some <laughs> things I know next to nothing about. And one of those things is music. So, for me to be a music critic and to and to go out on that, I thought McCartney when I saw him in concert a few years ago was great, and I'm a huge fan of the Beatles and Wings and everything he's done. But I don't think I would go out and say no. Wings was a better group than the Beatles. Yeah, that. See, when Jay told me that, I'm like, bullshit. Andy never said that. <laughs> uh, like, I don't I'm, think I did. I I would have heard that, and I would have immediately stopped <laughs> yeah. everything and said, whoa, 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 wait yeah. a minute on this. Also, you 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 know me well enough, and we've had enough of these arguments. I'm going to go older school than you. Exactly. So, yeah. Of course, you're going to default to old school. <laughs> yeah. But this no. song here, Andy, is a great song. And it's kind of a good little theme song for the Nationals. With a little luck, we can bring it in for a landing. So oh, we'll, be great. we'll send you out today with some Paul McCartney and Wings with a little luck. Andy, high five. What a season. Good luck to us. I hope to see you at a parade next week. Very good. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, toast a beer and uh, toast the Nationals championship. All right, very good. Thank you, Andy. I see you later. How about that? Haskins is Heath Schuler too. Oh, God. For anyone who was around for that and knows the particulars, please, God, make that not the case. But it could be. You just don't know. By the way, I love the song. Something about the tempo and the way this song fits so comfortably into the cut as the kids say and the simple chord progression I don't know what it is E G A B this little reset all right let me conclude today with some feedback uh you guys god bless you guys for taking time to uh Send me these emails and notes. This one from Greg Clark. He writes to say, and I kind of keep an eye on these names, and I I can kind of tell when I see an email from somebody, I was like, I've never seen one from this guy or gal. He writes to say, 
Hi, Steve. Hello, Greg. Just wanted to say I enjoy your podcasts and listen to them every day. Rather than write my appreciation in paragraph form, though, I'll just mail it in and do a top five favorite Zabin things. That's not mailing it in. That's fine. Number five, your appreciation for optics. Things like how a field appears on screen or how NFL uniforms would be better with helmet alts or how scores appear on a TV presentation. You know, details, things that matter. I like that. Number four, your attention to detail on listening logistics, your quest to ever improve sound quality, the best system and connection, etc. It's cool how much you care about the technical side of listening. Well, because I'd want it served up to me just right as well or as best as it can be. Number three, your take on how sports and social media interact. Not to mention that it's a different take than 95% of the talking heads that are on TV and radio today. Well, that's why I've achieved such modest success. Because I'm in the 5%, not in the 95%. If I wanted to make a lot of money and really you know, get rocketed to the moon, jump on the 95% side and then say what I'm saying louder and more outrageous than anyone else. That, to me, is the ticket to runaway financial success. And number two, you called out the dangers and side effects of video replay years ago, and you were the only one warning the rest of us. Sadly, no one listened. It has demonstrably made games worse. Why didn't we listen? I don't know. It was a temptation. The temptation was easy with replay. There's the video. There's the evidence. We're all watching it. Let's fix it. The problem is when it came to actually doing it, it started to crop up one problem after another that you didn't anticipate. Unexpected problems. And number one, Zabe, your metaphors. Your metaphors are perfect and so dead on, it's almost unfair to the rest of us who struggle each day to simply sound interesting. Anyway, every day I say to myself, you know, I should email Zabe and tell him I enjoy his work. And every day I either forget or just pass it off to another time. Well, today I said no more, and I'm finally sending this to you. Keep up the good work, Greg. And by the way, before your head gets too big from this email, this is by no means to agree. I agree with everything you say. I still say, and I'll take it to my grave, that Tom Brady was a cheating cheater and that those balls were deflated. So there, we agree to disagree. Thank you, Greg. I love disagreement. It's the kind of stuff that makes the world go round. That'll do it for me today. Thank you very much for listening. And yes, uh, the recap of the game appeared before this part of the podcast. So I bet a lot of the things I said with Andy were dated and silly and ridiculous. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it all. Uh, We got a Thursday show, which is today's show is Thursday. What am I talking about? Tomorrow is Football Five Ways Friday. We've got Ben Ostro from footballzebras.com talking officiating because, you know, we can't talk about that enough as well as Mr. X, uh, I believe Timmy Murray's back again for college football and your usual assortment of stuff. So subscribe at zabe.com and be part of the Football Five Ways Friday podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great night, a great day, and we will see you next time.
Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid. Because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.